It truly is a privilege to have you with me again for this third session. I, I can't underestimate just the importance, the significance of this series. The tribe of Issachar in Israel knew the signs of the times. We need to understand the signs of the times. We need to know what we're up against and regarding the strategies of the enemy, and we need to know how to negate those strategies. This series regarding narcissism in today's society is really, to me, one of the most significant uh, teachings that you will ever hear. We're going to enter into the mind of the narcissist in this session. I believe that it's going to give you tremendous insight and understanding into that mindset and how to negate it and how to raise your kids contrary to it and really uh, to enter into the mind of Christ. Praise God. All right, let's go to 2 uh, Timothy 3, 1. This scripture passage uh, has been really uh, our main proof text for this series, and let's read it again. It says, uh, Know this, that in the last days perilous times shall come, because, now listen to this, because this is why perilous, destructive times will come. They will come because men and women will be predominantly lovers of self. Not lovers of God, not lovers of their family, not lovers of other society, lovers of self. This is what a narcissist is. He is predominantly a lover of self. It says, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good. Then it goes on to say traitors, high-minded, prideful, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, mm. having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Now, in this uh, specific session, again, we're going to look at the mind of the narcissist. The mind of the narcissist is obviously self-centered. He's the center of the universe. It's all about him. Even though he conveys many times that he is selfless, he is selfish. It is all about him. And he is fully opposite of the mind of Christ. And the things that satisfy the narcissist, he has a mind that's satisfied by the following, controlling others. And this is especially true of those closest to him. Whether it is his uh, wife, her husband, or it, it is, uh, you know, again, whether it's his husband uh, his wife, her husband, it, it doesn't matter how close the wife is to him. It doesn't matter how close the husband is to her. They don't care. Even children. The narcissist has to be in control. He's above all others. He's especially, again, in the need, having the need really to control those closest to him. The end justifies the means. Whether it's him being esteemed, whether it's sexual desire and many times perverted desire from adultery and violent porn to child porn, anything you can think of, to financial gain to the point of him or her being in a place, again, that is above everyone else. And of course, again, in the context of control. This is why, the I'll be honest with you, the narcissist can be hard to discern by many. Because sometimes he can be the nicest person in the world. Sometimes he can be the meanest person in the world. Sometimes he can do the nicest things for people. Sometimes he will do things to destroy people. See, his mindset is this. Whatever will give him gain, whatever will benefit him, he will turn into. He's a chameleon. And again, if he, gets, if he can get from you what he wants by being nice to you, he'll be nice. 
if he gets uh, from you what he wants from you by being over assertive and evil and mean, that's what he'll be. And he'll change back and forth. So, you know, the wife says, well, he's not that bad of a guy. Yeah, he hit me. But you know what? The next few days he was great or the next few weeks. Or you know what? She's really not that bad. I know she committed adultery, but you know what? She says she loves me. Again, the narcissist, the end justifies the means. Mm. Oh, man. All right. And to the narcissist, good is defined as what a person can do for them. I mean, if his wife can get him a promotion by the person giving the promotion, thinking that he has a great family and his wife lends itself to that, man, he will be on board with how his wife looks. If he feels that his wife, maybe because of her being spiritual, maybe because of uh, her having a certain personality is a hindrance to uh, his promotion, uh, literally he will hate his wife. Again, good is defined in the context of what a person can do for them. You know, if if this person's child is on the, the starting team and for a basketball team or a baseball team or a football team, I mean, he will invite everybody to go see the game. And because he feels, unfortunately, it's not about his son or daughter. It's about him being lifted up by having a son or daughter that is successful. And if that same son or daughter gets demoted to the second team, if they have an injury that causes them not to be able to uh, participate as they normally would, uh, he, he, he wouldn't invite anybody Because, you see, to him, his child is a vehicle to an end. His child is of benefit when they're on the starting team, and they are a detriment when they're on the second team. You see, that's heartless. It's cruel. It is. But the narcissist is heartless. The narcissist is cruel. Again, you cannot underestimate the degree of cruelty the degree of harshness. And we're going to see how uh, the spirit of murder is very uh, often intrinsic to the mindset of the narcissist. And what is difficult, the narcissist that we talked about, the chameleon uh, trait, the narcissist is somebody that usually has a good side outwardly. Uh, I mean, if they're a carpenter, they'll, 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 they'll fix the roof of... Uh, you know, somebody that's elderly so they can be seen as, as good in the community. There's somebody, that if, uh, if they're a business, and many times a narcissist is somebody that is successful, a doctor, a lawyer, a businessman, and, and they'll uh, give money to a charity. It's a front. It's not who they are. They are very manipulative. They will convince anyone that tries to uncover the reality of their narcissism as they are the problem. They are manipulative in a way that they can lie. Uh, honestly, well, I, you know, most of you know that I've I founded and directed a counseling center that, that uh, helps uh, children who have been uh, abused, sexually abused. We work with kids that have been trafficked. And, you know, uh, it's heartbreaking. And many times uh, kids have been abused. We go to court because uh, a father has abused their own child. And counseling, someone might say, you know, to me, you know, I've abused my child. I childline it. I let them know uh, before we start sessions that uh, it's confidential. But if they do something that's broken the law, such as abuse their own child or a child of another, that I'm go- I am going to childline it. And we enter into court, and you know, and, and that person will deny it. And many times it's difficult to prove because the judge will say it's he said, she said. And that the narcissistic person passes lie detector test. I mean, just like you can say one plus one is two, 
because you see they are self-deceived and they have lied so much they believe what they say many times. They are professional liars. They can manipulate things in a way that virtually no one else can. And they always say, I'll take a lie tester, a detector tester, bring in evidence of a lie detector test that they've taken. And of course, a lie detector test is not permitted under most cases in the context of direct evidence because first of all, what are the questions that were asked. Second, a narcissist can beat the lie detector test. They really can. Over and over again, you see it. Profoundly manipulative. And they want to keep, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a business partner, whether it's an employee, whether it, whoever it is, they want to keep them as inferior to themselves. I mean, I've had, uh, it's amazing. They, they will cause uh, even their own spouse to always be in a place of inferiority to them. They don't want the spouse making you know, more money to them. They don't want the spouse having a higher position to them. They, they will do everything they can to degrade anyone and everyone that they are in contact with so they are above only. And what happens is, this, I see this, I mean, over and over and over again. You, uh, you know, the mom or the dad that, uh, you know, is uh, the victim of narcissism. I mean, they are constantly being told by the narcissistic spouse that there's something wrong with them, that they're unstable. And then they can uh, convey this uh, perception of instability to their children. Well, well mom, you, you know, is unstable because she does this. Or mama's unstable because she has to take, uh, you know, something for anxiety. Or if the, if the, uh, if, uh, the, the mom is the one that is narcissistic, you know, well, dad is just no good. Dad, you know, uh, really has, has done this to me. Dad is, is no good. Dad is this and dad is that. It's to cause them to feel inferior. They will take any issue that a person has, whether a spouse, a child, a business partner, and you cannot trust them because they will use that weakness. And we all have weakness. They will use those weaknesses against them. Everyone has issues. Sometimes somebody's been angry. Sometimes someone's struggling with fear. But the narcissist will pick up on that and define a person, even those closest to him, to negate the strength of that person, to bring them into uh, being perceived as someone that is stupid, someone that is uh honestly, that, that is just fearful, someone that's angry, somebody that's unstable. And 90% of the time, the thing that they are accusing their spouse or their business partner or their child of is the very weaknesses that they themselves have. You say, how, much, how do you know so much about narcissism? Because I've been counseling in this area for almost 40 years. And I tried to communicate it to the body of Christ 40 years ago, but it was, it was not... Uh, in vogue, so to speak. It was something that was so uh, contrary, uh, so atypical that people wouldn't listen. Now, uh, I mean, in journals, in uh, everyday conversation, uh, now, uh, in, you know, uh, you can Google narcissism and, and find some things out. Uh, you know, now it's more uh, in vogue to talk about, but it didn't used to be. 40 years of experience I'm sharing with you, but I'm also sharing from a biblical standpoint, and, and I'm sharing, you know, in the context of the last days, according to the Bible, but also relationally in the context of what the Bible shares about narcissistic behavior. I can't tell you the number of t cases. I, I can, I'm going to share a few of them, maybe six, seven, after I share biblical uh, uh, cases, uh, uh, stories of biblical uh, characters. Uh, not just characters, real people that uh, entered into narcissism from a biblical uh, standpoint, but the, the number of times, I mean, somebody that's a lawyer and their husband, uh, honestly, maybe the, uh, a woman's a lawyer and the husband, he, he's, he's struggling with drugs. 
he's doing this and that. And the woman actually thinks, who's a lawyer, that, that she's got all these issues and her husband's the one that's smart when he's the one that's smoking weed every day and mixing it with cocaine as he's watching the kids. I mean, from lawyers to doctors to, it's just amazing how a narcissist can get in your head. And one characteristic of a narcissist they will tell you over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, really, that you are weak, that you are inferior, you are dependent on them, and, and, and really, and they will convey themselves as someone you need so desperately to survive financially, someone you need so desperately emotionally, someone that you need even spiritually when they themselves are uh, they really are an exemplification of 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 4. It's amazing the prevalency of narcissism. It is amazing. These traits exemplify. I, I mean, honestly, not just hundreds of thousands, but it's millions. It's, it's, it is in the air. The spirit of narcissism, just like the spirit of pornography, just that, you know, the, oh man, the spirit of non-absolutes, they all go together. We're going to look at that more in, on our fourth session. But that the narcissist is somebody that minimizes the evil that he or she commits, but will accentuate the weaknesses of another. For example, the narcissist always has a rationale for what he or she does, no matter how evil that act is that they're doing. They always have a rationale. You know what? I'm entitled to pornography. My wife is not giving me what I need in a marriage bed, so they rationalize pornography or affairs or prostitution as simply that which would uh, supplement their need or meet their need. Everything is about them. A narcissist, their wife could be sick. Their wife could be struggling. And instead of seeing it as an opportunity to minister to them, they will see it as an inconvenience and a rationale to go out and sleep with one person after another. It is all about them. Yet at the same time, they will play the victim. They will, in the context of domestic abuse, I had a, a young lady come into my office just, uh, uh, oh my, it was a while ago, but it seems like it was yesterday because it was so horrible, probably about six, seven years ago. She was uh, married at 21 years old, thought her husband was a good guy. And, and then she, she played me something that was recorded uh, because she, she simply recorded as she was going through a tirade. And he said, you know what? If you, if you don't, do this for me. And he was asking her to do something illegal in the context of a, a bank account that they had. He said, you know what? I'm going to make you pay for it. And he, was and he had hit her before. And he said, you know what? You're going to pay the consequence. And, 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 you know, she's crying. And he's just resolute in the context as if he's entitled to her uh, really uh, uh, forging a document and if she doesn't do it, it's almost like he's entitled to physically harm her. And see, it's not about the harm he would cause to his young wife. I think she was 21 years old. He was 22 years old. It's not about the ramifications of harm that he would cause her. It's not about the possibility of her being uh, in, involved uh, in something illegal that could cause her to go to jail. It's not about what he's doing to her. It's all about him. He is the center of the universe. He is everything revolves around him. And there are many Christian men, they, they use the scriptures that, you know, a woman's to be submissive and a man, to, really to beat her, to, to rule over her, to control her, to manipulate her. Can I tell you something? Jesus said, be submissive one to another. The order of God, sure, there has to be a head in everything. Just because someone's a head doesn't mean that they're better than somebody else. Father's the head of Trinity, but he's not a head of Jesus. He's not. Uh, Jesus said he's equal to the Father. The Holy Spirit's equal to the Father. Come on. They are men. They, they are, literally, they oppress. They depress. They, they destroy their wives. 
and their kids under the auspices of scripture when in reality it's simply a rationale for the narcissistic behavior. And if you think I'm passionate about this, if you think I'm fired up, if you think it angers me, I'm going to tell you something. You don't know half of it. I believe there's going to be people in hell that, that quote scripture verses, but out of their narcissistic behavior, they are going to not only defame God, degrade God, but they are going to enter into a place for eternity that even as they, we're going to look at how they think they're God. Mm, Satan was the most narcissistic creature ever to walk the earth. I want to tell you something. Jesus told the Pharisees, you're of your father, the devil. Man, there are many people Man, that they can quote verses. They're not saved. There are so many people that but they can quote verses. Now, there's people that said a prayer, but I'm going to tell you something. They are the most, they believe they're God. And they act like it in church. All right. We're, just, we're going to enter into narcissism in the church. But first, you've got to understand the narcissist. He minimizes the evil in his own life, rationalizing it, and accentuates weaknesses in others. Mm. Now, one thing interesting about the narcissist, he always believes he'll win. He, he, he could be caught in adultery. And, and you know what? He'll just say, you know what God uses? Uh, you know, Satan's meant for evil. God will use for good. That the narcissist, even when he knows he's wrong, even when he knows he's hurt somebody, when he's cut, he still is not repentant because he always thinks there's a way out. He always thinks that he's going to win. He, he can abuse his child and, and think that, you know what, that everything's going to turn out okay. He, he really, he could rob a bank in the morning and at nighttime sleep well because he thinks he's not going to get caught. See, the reason for that, he's used to his narcissistic, Filthy behavior bringing him success. I'm going to say this again. A narcissistic individual is somebody that has garnered success through his narcissistic behavior. He can control the other business partner. He can control his wife while he goes out and commits adultery. He can control, you know, he can manipulate the people, you know, serving him. Man, uh, I was, I was on a school board for many years in my local community. And I got to know other school board members in other communities. And I had someone else, in, in, uh, someone in a, another school board, they said, you know what? I think that one of our administrators is, I mean, he walks in a place where people are just afraid of him. And it's all about him. Turns out, you know, the man stole money from a, a fund that the, that the kids raised, you know, to, to go to an amusement park. And then he hurt this person and hurt this person sexually and did this and did that. And, and before it all happened, I met the man and I told him, I said, you know what? You're one of the most narcissistic person, individuals I've ever met in my life. He says, oh, don't tell me that. How can you say that about me? You hardly know me. I said, you got a reputation of narcissism. And I went down the line. I said, this is what a narcissist is. I said, it's all about you. I said, you have an awesome wife, but you like someone on the side. You have awesome kids, but when there's somebody else that's better athletically than your kid, you assume that they're more than your own child. I said, you're a narcissist. Jesus has provision for you. And the narcissistic behavior that has brought you success is going to bring your downfall. I mean, it wasn't more than uh, six months later that he was caught in these things he was doing and he, he hit hard. But he th here's the, what's amazing. He said, you know, I'll come up. I'll come up. I'll get a job somewhere else. You know what? And, and, and he did. And, and the bottom line is he still thinks that, you know what? He, can, he will always win. I'm here to tell you something. The narcissist is self-deceived. And that's why it's hard for him to see truth. In uh, all honesty, it's, it's amazing. He always thinks he'll win even when he's been openly caught in the light. Mm. All right. 
Another thing with a narcissist, he will wear you down. He's just like his father, the devil. And someone says, can a Christian be a narcissist? Yeah. Someone that's unsaved, you know, will be like the, you know, the enemy, like the devil. Someone who's not, has accepted Christ, but you see, they still have narcissistic tendencies and they are narcissistic uh, mindset and they don't deal with it. I, I mean, the, man, the devil will come back and really he'll be worse than he was before he got saved if he continues in his sin. In the context, really, of him just hurting people. Man, just because someone, I hear this a thousand times if I hear it once. Well, he's a Christian, so you know what? Even though he beat me, I know he really didn't mean it. Even though that he took all the money in my accounts, I know he loves Jesus. Even though he hurt my kid and even sexually abused my daughter, I know that God's forgiven and, and everything's going to be all right. I'm here to tell you something. God is not somebody that is to serve you. God is someone that you're to serve. God Almighty is God, not the person that says that he serves God. I've seen so many lives destroyed through people catering to the narcissist under the auspices of religious deception. I'm not a person that favors divorce. But I'm going to tell you something. When a man sexually abuses your child, you need to get him out of the house or you get out of the house with your child. This is not a game, folks. It will destroy you. It will destroy your children. And it will destroy society. <sighs> he will try to wear you down. He always makes you the problem. Mm. And he's usually outwardly nice because he needs a cover-up. Many times a narcissist is sociopathic. What do I mean by that? It means that he can rationalize harming you. He can rationalize even murder. Well, my kids are being wrongly influenced. They'd be so much better than me just with me if she was out of the picture. Wow. It's amazing. The sociopathic uh, narcissist, because there's different types of narcissists, will even use God uh, to really try to destroy. You know, I know of uh, people that, that, you know what, you know, somebody... Uh, has done wrong to them, maybe in a marriage. A spouse struggles with unfaithfulness. So instead of trying to understand the situation, uh, you know, or she says something bad about him. I mean, he, his whole thing is, you know what? I received it. You know, she's going to die because of what she did. I, I, you, that's unbelievable. It's a spiritual witchcraft. I, you know, I, I can't tell you the number of times I've seen this rehearsed. I had a young man one time accepted Christ with me. I said, he, he said, why, I said, why didn't you accept Christ prior? He said, because there's people in our church, there was a man uh, that didn't do what they wanted him to do, and three ladies in the church continually cursed him and said he's going to die of a heart attack because he's not doing what we want him to do. It's the spirit of Jezebel, and he died right in front of me as I was walking with, in church. He said, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I said, if that's Jesus, why would I want to accept Jesus? I, I shared with him as a spirit of divination. And it came out of a narcissistic spirit. I was with a man one time in counseling. And I said, you would kill your wife, wouldn't you, if you'd have the chance and knew you could get away with it. He looked at me and he said, he said absolutely. My kids and I would be better off without her. I, I've had women say to me, you know what? I constantly wish my husband was dead. And, you know, I, I just, I can't, I just can't stand him. You know what? I remember when he did this to me. Yeah, he's, he's doing better now. And they said, you know what? If, you know, if I could kill him, I would. And the lady I'm thinking of right now, she's narcissistic as hell itself. The spirit of murder and narcissism go together. How, how can I show that to you biblically? 
It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees, religious people who were narcissistic, who were responsible for the death of Jesus. They were narcissistic as hell itself. That's why Jesus said they were open sepulchers, open graves. They were vipers, snakes. They were people that were very simply just like their father, the devil. These are all scriptures. Because, you see, it was all about them. They, they wanted worship, man, when they walked down the street. They could quote the longest prayers. They loved the esteem of others. Everything revolved around them. Everything they did wasn't for God, wasn't for others. It was for them. And, you see, Jesus upset their apple cart. And Jesus said, man, it's all about the Father. It's all about the Father. Woo, glory to God. He challenged them openly and, and really said, the mind of the narcissist, the mind of you Pharisees has to be destroyed through the new birth and you given the mind of Christ for you to be saved. Wow. And the spirit of murder. It's amazing. People uh, in today's society, murder is becoming more and more prevalent. Why? Because the spirit of narcissism is becoming more and more prevalent. In our last session, we'll talk about this. But it's all about my needs. My needs. My needs. My needs. There is a, a man recently in the news where uh, he had sexually abused over, uh, I mean, decades. He's a very wealthy man. And uh he, he, they say he hung himself in prison. But the bottom line is his idea was he was going to make a race after himself. Doesn't that sound familiar with Hitler or Mussolini or Idi Amin? Or, uh, it, it certainly wasn't the first time when he was going to impregnate all these young girls. So his DNA could be uh, really uh, you know, a prototype of, of another race. That's how narcissistic the man was. But it, amazingly, Many government officials uh, seemingly were in cahoots with him in the context of him providing uh, uh, sexual favors for them. All right, let's look at some Bible examples. And then I'm going to give you some examples uh, from my practical experience. In John chapter 11, uh, we see something amazing. Lazarus is raised from the dead. One of the greatest miracles that anybody will, will, will ever you know, uh, see in, in that time the people that were there when he was raised. And obviously it's in the Bible so we can refer to it in our own lives and be changed. But in, in John chapter 11, uh, Jesus says this, take away the stone. So they took away the stone, uh, John eleven forty one, from the place where uh, Lazarus was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee you always hear me. Then he went on to say in verse 43, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. Therefore many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things what Jesus did believed on him. Well, I, I don't know how you couldn't believe on Jesus after seeing him raised Lazarus from the dead right in front of you. But listen to this. But some of them went their way to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Wow. Instead of believing Jesus, they went to destroy Jesus because again, he was upsetting their apple cart. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, what should we do for this man does many miracles? If we let him alone, all men will believe on him and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. Now listen to this. It's talking about Caiaphas. Caiaphas was one of the most ruthless murderers that ever was involved in ruling a people. And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, you know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation uh, should be saved. And this he spoke not of himself, but being the high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for the nation. So after he's saying that, 
He says, so let's kill him. Isn't it amazing? God prophesies through the man that Jesus is the Savior for the whole earth. And so he takes that and he's so narcissistic rather than taking it and humbling himself under worshiping Jesus, believing on Jesus, he turns it around to give him a rationale for killing Jesus. A narcissist can take anything that's said and put twist it for his own benefit. You see, he did not want Jesus to be seen as Savior. He did not want to submit to Jesus. He wanted to be his own God. He didn't want Jesus taking away the esteem that he had. He didn't want Jesus shedding light on his sin. He didn't want Jesus being exalted above him. So he took what God Almighty said, twisted it, under rationalizing him being re- murdering Jesus. Wow. Again, a narcissist is not rational. James 3 talks about one of the first variables of wisdom being that which is reasonable. You can't reason with a narcissist. That's why he has to be supernaturally delivered. You can't reason with a narcissist. Well, he looks like he said he's going to change. He looks like he's going to change. You cannot reason with a narcissist. A narcissist will always twist whatever he wants to twist and what you say for his own benefit, even to your destruction. Wow. Hmm. Caiaphas is an example, an exemplification of a narcissist in a profound way. Jezebel, in the Old Testament, she was married to King Ahab. She is one of the filthiest uh, individuals that ever lived. She killed the prophets of God. And she was somebody that everything revolved around her. Everything revolved around her. It was all about her. She ruled her husband, uh, Ahab. He did whatever she wanted him to do. Because uh, if, if he didn't, she'd had people that would kill him. You see, he was a vehicle under her benefit. Mm. And even when Elijah killed the, her prophets, instead of humbling herself and repenting, she tried to kill him. A narcissist will never accept defeat. And she even intimidated the great prophet Elijah to the point where he ran for his life. He shouldn't have. You have to stand up to the spirit of narcissism, not stand down. That's how you destroy it, Mm, by standing up to it through the blood of Jesus Christ. And she ended up dead. Mm, it was prophesied that she would be eaten by dogs and she fell from her terrace and was eaten by dogs accordingly to the word that a true prophet gave. Narcissism will find you out. Mm. We could go on and on from Caiaphas and Jezebel. We could go on to, you know, uh, there was somebody, a, a king that John the Baptist told him, you know what, you have your brother's wife. And it's not right. And, uh, the, you know, and his wife says, that, you know, uh, the king, why do you let this man speak to you this way? Well, uh, then he's imprisoned, right? He, John's put in prison. And then her daughter is just like filthy as she is. And she sexually tantalizes the whole crowd at a banquet, at a party. And the king says, I'll give you whatever you want in a place of lust through her uh, sensuality. She goes to Mama. Mama says, I want the head of John the Baptist. She was so narcissistic that she would murder so she would not have to enter into the light of truth. That's That's a narcissist. He would rather be in darkness to satisfy his lust rather than enter into light to be delivered from it. Mm, Jesus. We look at Saul. You know, Saul, here's what's amazing. 
There's so much of my heart on God's heart. Saul came to a place where uh, he was in sin and David was being raised up to replace him. And he, he, and he, he says to himself, I've lost favor with God. I can't hear his voice anymore. It's because of his sin. And instead of repenting, he goes to a diviner. What's a diviner? He went to a lady, uh, the witch of Endor, and, uh, and she was uh, somebody, the conjure, a diviner in those days, they could conjure up through a demon, a familiar spirit that looked like a person that had died. And Saul was used to destroy the diviners. But you see, he wanted a diviner and narcissism is a form of divination because it is manipulation and many times there's a cult involvement in elitism that enables demonic spirits really to give them success. So what did Jesus, what did the devil himself say to Jesus? If you do this for me, mm, <clears throat> you know what? Then I'll give you the nations of the earth. Well, Jesus already had the nations, right? But the bottom line is this. Many people go to the devil and say, yeah, I'll be pro-abortion. If you get me into office, they, they have covenants with demons. You say, that's pretty strong. It is. So Saul conjures up that, you know, goes to the diviner and she conjures up Samuel. Look just like him. Talk just like him. Gave wisdom just like him. And this wisdom, you know, would work for Saul. But he was judged. That's one of the main reasons he died. It was his narcissism. It was all about Saul. That's why he never, when the ark was taken by the Philistines, he never even went out to get it because he didn't feel he needed it because it was all about him. He didn't want it to be about the ark and the Holy Ghost above it. He wanted it to be about him. When he was struggling, rather than going to God in repentance, he went away from God and into the occult, which many of those who are narcissistic do. Hmm. All right, let me give you some practical ex examples that really uh, convey uh, what I'm sharing. All of these are from uh, counselors that I know because I have a counseling center, but also help younger counselors. So, and, and of course, everything's anonymous. I'll never forget, I was, talking, I was helping a young a man who had his own center. And he was sharing with me about a case and he said, uh, he was trying to get my advice for some things. He said, I'm dealing with a, a woman. She was fighting postpartum depression. And she really didn't even know it was postpartum depression, but she was an emotional mess. And her boss, at, at the job that she worked at, and she had a very good job, and the wife of the boss both raped her repeatedly over a period of time, taking, example, uh, taking advantage of her emotional weakness due to the postpartum depression. Well, finally, she got on some medication, you know, uh, and, and she got out of their control. And uh, this young uh, man came to me, the young counselor who directed his own center, said, you know, well, now they want to be best friends again. They, they want to act like it never happened and just say, please forgive us and uh, we can go to church together. This happens often. We, you know, just come to our, uh, par you know, our parties again. And, and I said, they're no more repentant than the man on the moon. And even they would, this girl could not in any way enter into a place of affiliating with them because of the destruction they caused. Just like if somebody, uh, you know, rapes their child for 15 years and then says, you know what, hey, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, why don't we just act like it never happened? See, they, they don't consider the person that they destroyed. They just want that relationship, so to speak, back again. It's all about then. I said, you tell her and... Uh, did she, and uh, she was just newly married. And I said, and her husband, that they stay as far away from them as they can. But here's what's amazing. That was about 15 years ago. Yeah, it was in 2004. In 2004. And, and I just talked to this man. Now he's more seasoned as a counselor and, and you know, running his own center. Very. Uh, he said, you know what? These same people that raped her repeatedly, 
both the husband and the wife, they're still after this girl to be their friend. And they're trying to make her feel guilty for not appeasing them and coming to their parties and, and, and really being friends with them. They, they destroyed her, raped her over and over again. And now they're making her feel like they're the victims and not her because she won't be nice to them again. That is a narcissistic couple. Someone says, how prevalent, profoundly prevalent. I'll never forget, uh, I knew a, a young lady from a university. I, I, I really enjoy campus ministry years ago. And uh, this university was not where I was working, about an hour and a half away. And uh, this girl became a doctor. And her husband, uh, they had two kids at the time. And her husband, I'll be honest with you, I don't know why she married him. You know, he was kind of a hippie-like guy in the sense of, you know, no absolutes. And she was a Christian girl. And I, But she said, you know what? And it is what it is. I said, I understand. I said, well, you want to try to make it work. But then the man constantly, now what you have to understand, he, he's watching the kids, but he's on cocaine. And he's constantly putting his wife down that's making like a half a million dollars a year, constantly degrading her so she can be controlled by him. So she sees herself inferior to him. And unfortunately, it was working. This girl was a doctor, but she had a very low concept when she came into the marriage. In fact, one of the reasons she ended up marrying this guy because he ended up really uh, portraying himself as something she, uh, that he was not. But now he is, I mean, we're talking day after day, week after week, month after month, you're this, you're that, you're no good, you're, you're not smart. Someone says, well, how can a doctor believe that they're not smart? It's because of the narcissistic spirit and its ability to deceive, manipulate, and degrade. This is so, so common. Mm. And so what happens, uh, I mean, he hurt one of the kids. I mean, just physically pounded him and they went to court and uh, it was like, you know, he was just put on probation. But then, it, you know, uh, she saw that he was a danger to her children. She filed for divorce. Here's what's amazing. At the court proceeding, he tried to make her out the reason why he hurt his own kid. Well, she caused anxiety in me and distress to the point where I did this. It was all her fault. And he started accentuating her weaknesses, which we all have. Thankfully, the judge had no part of it and gave primary custody to the doctor, the young doctor. But you know, some judges do the exact opposite. They buy into the narcissist because he is so compelling. Wow. I'll never forget my wife and I were counseling a young lady and uh, her and her husband had one child and uh, she was really trying her best to save her marriage. Uh, again, young when she married, she's uh, 19 uh, and we, we were counseling her. She's 22 at the time. Her husband was 24. And, and the bottom line is this, uh, the husband uh, was in, in, in numerous affairs but here's the amazing thing. He, he honestly is narcissistic as hell itself. And I tried talking to him. And finally, he, he, he wouldn't stop the adultery. And then she came down with a serious STD that she could die from. And she's believing that she's at fault because she didn't love him right. Because some Christians said that it was her fault. If she would have been better in the marriage bed, he wouldn't be doing this. Can I tell you something? Honestly, we looked at her and said, you may die because you tried to stay with the guy. And I said, he's narcissistic as hell itself. And then he comes back and says this. Love me as I am. I just got issues. Yeah, I gave you an STD that you're going to die possibly by. Yeah, I'm an adulterer. 
And my wife looked at her and said, come on, come on. She separated, then divorced. The man's now in jail on abusing little kids and trafficking. <sighs> Jesus. But you see, in her mind, maybe the ladies are right. Maybe he's right. Just accept him as he is. We're looking at the mind of the narcissist. I'm giving you examples. It can be in any relationship. We've been looking at spousal relationships. It can be in a, a, a relationship with your child. I, I never forget, I, I had a woman come in my office and uh, she was uh, somebody that was being abused by a friend in the sense that this friend was, I believe, 45 and she was uh, 24. And the friend... Uh, was causing her to be emotionally dependent on her. She would quote all these Bible verses like she knew everything. And finally, I mean, had this young married woman who was just married for a year leave her husband and went with her. All at the same time, being thinking she's, you know, making herself out to be spiritual. And I said, it's a spirit of divination. It's a spirit of narcissism. And, I, and, I, and uh, the uh, older woman wouldn't talk with me, so I did my best. But it, she, see, she has such, uh, it, it, what was conveyed is you need me emotionally. You need me spiritually, and I need you. She, this person wouldn't work, but they had the younger lady working and giving her all her money. And uh, finally, this young woman began to see how she was being taken advantage of. How she is being emotionally abused. How she left her husband, you know, for this woman. Out of being controlled by her and feeling she had a need for her. And uh, it was amazing. She said, you know what's amazing to me? This lady that I'm with, we live in the same house and there was some sexual interaction. And she said, I, we had, uh, well, we were visiting uh, uh, somebody. And... Uh, I drove there and uh, the older lady she's with drove in another car there. And uh, we heard, uh, you know, she's pulling, she, she left before I did. And, and she just knocked into the other car. I mean, did significant damage to it because she just was driving too fast and wasn't looking where she was going. As soon as they came out, the guy's car that she just, did significant damage. The first thing she said, you know, if you had been parked there, I wouldn't, it would not have happened. Well, she's the one that was responsible, but she's so narcissistic. You see, she's, she blames everybody else but her. And it was, it was a small thing, but it caused this young girl in 24, 25 to see what she was up against. You know, it took her even after that another year before she cut ties. The narcissist has an ability to make you out to be the problem, that makes you to a point where you can't leave because you need the finances, you need the security, you need the, the emotional support that this narcissist gives. This is one of the reasons why we're doing this, so you can break free and be free. And, and we're also here to help the narcissist. All right, there's so much we need to go over. Uh, let, mm. Oh my, here's a narcissist. I mean, guy, here's a woman. She's narcissistic. She leaves her husband. They got two kids. And uh, she's living with another guy. And she says to her husband, I still love you. And, and the husband's giving her money because so she doesn't do a full-fledged lawsuit. And, and, you know, and she said, I still love you. But I like this arrangement. I want to live with this guy, but I still want to have sex with you. I, I still want to help you raise our kids. And the guys actually think, and you know, and and and, and, the couple, and, and when we were first married, you weren't good to me. And the guy's a Christian, and he feels still feels guilty and condemned, unfortunately, from it. She's making him feel like he he's the reason that she went with this other guy even though he's solid now and loves her and good to her. Yeah, I still love you. Let's work this out this way. 
And I've seen it both ways where men do the same thing. I think of a man that very, very, very successful businessman, very, very esteemed in his community. And man, and, he, and he's sleeping with another woman. Everybody else knew it. And but yet the wife stayed because she felt there was no way out because he provided for her so well and felt that he would just destroy her in a court battle, which was a lie. I, and again, I knew the man and I, I confronted him. And I told him the same thing. I, I said, you're narcissistic as hell. Everything's about you. He said, you know what? I'm a good man. I provide for my wife. I feel entitled to this. That's exactly what he told me. I said, you know what? <laughs> I, mean, I, shouldn't, I said, you're entitled to hell. He was not a Christian. Come off as the nicest guy, give a lot of money to charity. Yeah, I'm entitled to this. Really? You know what? The only thing we're entitled to is to have the privilege to serve Jesus Christ. Just recently, I mean, uh, a lady who's a lawyer but has been so abused emotionally by a narcissistic husband who's a business guy. This guy has had three affairs. He said, I wouldn't trust him with a dime. And for whatever reason, she's a lawyer, but the guy convinced her. I mean, she signs all the money she gets is in his account. Figure that out. He convinces her that she's stupid, and she's a lawyer, a good lawyer. They have one child, and he convinces her that she's a bad mom. I mean, we're talking for a decade. Wow. And, and, she, and, she, and she told him, she said, I've never, ever cheated on you. But I'm struggling because, you know, there's somebody, uh, another lawyer that I know that, you know, they're single, they're pure, they're Christian, and I have thoughts in my mind, but I want to let you know that, that, that I'm going to be faithful to you. And the guy uses that to define her and takes no responsibility for the three affairs that he has, has had, and he's in the midst of another one. And he's convinced her that she has a problem with lust. How is that possible? It's because, again, the filth, the degradation, the ability of the narcissist to degrade, condemn, and destroy. It's demonic. I, I could share so many other things, but I, 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 I want you to see this. <sighs> Narcissism is like, it, it's, you know, if there is somebody that comes down with a certain disease and it's communicable and, and then you get more and more people get this disease. The narcissist is a person filled with pride, but he looks like he has everything. Most of the time he's very successful. And many times he or she will basically disciple others in a spirit of narcissism under the auspices that they will have success as well if they enter into this narcissistic paradigm. Wow. It's spreading like a communicable disease, like germs that cause destruction. And most people don't know what's going on. They don't know how to deal with it. Rather than destroying it, they submit to it. And, and I tell you, the children are destroyed because the narcissist will cause that child to only see its value when it benefits the narcissist. And they will become perfectionistic. They will become narcissistic themselves. And they will be in bondage to performance lifestyle, which is contrary to freedom. Children of narcissists are victimized in a way that no one can even dream of. All right. So why does it take place? It takes place because it works. It takes place because it works. A kid starts to lie in fourth grade and it works for him. And it, so the lying, the manipulation works. And then it's reinforced because it brings 
<clears throat> success. Yeah, he cheated on the test, but you know what? He's on the honor roll, and it's going to help him get into a good college. That's how many parents see it. Yeah, he bullied that person. Yeah, he's caused that person to enter into depression because they bullied him in, in a cyber uh, way on Facebook, on Snapchat, or they beat the kid up in the playground. But you know what? That's just a sign of him being a man. Narcissism comes when it is seen as a vehicle to success. And it's part of the evil nature. If someone's not saved, it's part of the evil nature. Manipulation, lying, and justifies the means. And regarding Christians so many times, people, are, are, you know, there's these spirits that come generationally, or however they come. And, and maybe before saying they were saved, they're narcissistic and they don't know how to get out of it. And then they're taught that, you know what, they're really no different than the person that's unsaved. The things I want to do, I can't do. The things I don't want to do, I end up doing. Romans 7, not understanding that's the person that's unsaved. And Romans 8 is the provision that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. So you can be like Jesus and not like the narcissistic person you were. Mm. Narcissism is something that gets embedded in you because when you cultivate it, it brings success so many times. How do you get delivered from it? By entering into a place where the one who died for you becomes more important than the one that lied to you. The one that lied to you says you need it. You need to go to the diviner. You need to be in this organization where it, which is, uh, cultivates elitism. For business context or, or whatever. <clears throat> you need it. And Jesus comes and says, you know what? You need me. You need me. Jesus Christ comes to the narcissist just like he comes to the prostitute, just like he comes to anyone. No one is better than the prostitute that's unsaved or the narcissist because everyone that's unsaved chooses to be their own God. <clears throat> you call upon the name of Jesus if you're unsaved. You acknowledge your sin by his grace and mercy and you call upon the name of Jesus Christ to be saved. When you call upon the name of Jesus, he takes away the spirit of narcissism and the demons that control you and replaces it with the spirit of his son. Whew. There's hope for the narcissist. But don't be deceived because a narcissist many times will pretend to do something, but it's not heart. It's not from his heart. But Jesus can bring it to his heart so it will be from his heart. If you're, a nar if you're listening to this now and you say, I know I'm a narcissist. I want to be free. Pray this with me right now. Say, dear Jesus, I know you rose from the dead. I know I'm being my own God, and I like it. I've liked it. It's given me success. But now I see. I see that it's me being my own God. I ask you to deliver me from narcissism. But most importantly, I ask you to save me and give me eternal life. Change me, Jesus. I believe in your blood. I believe you rose. So someone like me could become someone like you. If you said that prayer, the mercy of God has delivered you and saved you.
And if you're a Christian struggling with narcissism, it's time to be who you are. You're not the person that's in bondage to narcissism. In truth, you're the person that's been delivered from it. Just say, Jesus, right now. Just say, Jesus, help me. Help me to see how bad it is. And right now, deliver me from it. I exchange the mind of the narcissist for the mind of Christ. One that serves you rather than takes. One that lives to give. Mm. To love you fully. Again, the rationale for this session is so you can discern so you won't be destroyed, you and your children, from the narcissist. It may take separation. Someone's abusing your own child. You may have to leave, to say the least. The rationale is for you to enter into a place where the narcissistic spirit, which is in the world, doesn't get in you. The rationale is for you, who are narcissistic, to be free. But most of all, it's for those who are in relationships where the narcissist wants his narcissism to the point where he will destroy you and even kill you if he had a chance. For you to be free from him or her. Because he who the sun sets free is free indeed. That freedom comes from the blood, but it also comes from discernment and wisdom. The way to destroy the spirit of narcissism is to not let yourself be controlled by it, violated by it, but to enter into a place where you will not tolerate it because you're a child of the living God not meant to be controlled, not meant to be manipulated, not meant to be abused, not to have your children abused. You're meant to be free.